Welcome to Cognizant Podcasts, tailor-made for easy listening. We bring you digital trends for busy executives on the go. Hello, listeners. You are about to hear part two of our amazing episode with John McVeigh, head of digital experience solutions for the Americas at Cognizant. If you haven't listened to part one of this series yet, please, please head over to Cognizant Podcasts to find our first installment. Thank you for vegan, bringing veganism into this conversation. I cannot be more pleased. Thank you so much. If you're a certified <laughs> holistic health coach, you've got to be talking veganism. So I think that's, uh, that was a gift. Plant-based, everybody. Plant-based, plant-based. Okay, moving on. Uh, something I've heard you talk about a lot uh, is something, uh, the term employee ambassador program. Can you give us some examples of what that is? couple things come to mind, both good examples and, and maybe not so great examples. Um, Lululemon, if anyone's familiar with Lululemon, uh, their, you know, their stores have this idea of the brand ambassador, right? And you see them, you walk into a Lululemon and there are these life-size posters of local yoga teacher or a CrossFit uh, instructor or someone who's an avid runner. And it's this incredibly powerful way to, I think, connect the store, the brand of Lululemon and the local store with the community. And you know, what, what do I like about that? It's an example where I think customer and employee experience sort of fit together, right? That I don't know exactly the details of the model, but I imagine that the brand ambassador Maybe it's you know, an employee in the lightest sense, maybe they get some sort of benefit from Lulu in terms of clothes or, or some sort of discount, something like that. Not necessarily anything more than that, but they're this liaison, this liaison out to the customers, the consumers going, hey, we've got this product. We've got, you know, and Lulu's a, a national, international type of brand, but if you can bring the employee out to the consumer and have some sort of linkage there where someone's representing, showing the product is valuable, uh, having the same beliefs that the that the organization does, I think it's really really powerful, right? I think it's and I think Lululemon has seen the results of that, which is getting quickly integrated in the community. You know, and I'll contrast that with, uh, gosh, the experience that I just I'm going to give some experiences that I had personally. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it it stands out to me. I, I contrast that to an experience I had with um, electronics manufacturer with whom I have a, a long term relationship with. And I, I had purchased a product and um, had an accessory with the product and the accessory inside of about six months fell apart. And uh, I, I called in and was able to find somebody. And this product, this product that was you know, less than $50, the uh, way I had pictures of that it fell apart, it took five different levels of individuals that I had to go up through in order to get it replaced. And what was eye-opening to me, frustrating, obviously, for me, was eye-opening to me was listening to the employees I got a chance to talk to as I went up with being completely powerless to do anything about what my impression seemed to be a, a, a something that was easily solved and drove lifetime value for me, would keep me around longer, not get me to get frustrated or get on social media and say, hey, this was a really bad experience. And I imagine for the employee 
getting this call, you know, I, my blood pressure started to go up a little bit. And, you know, I was probably not as gracious as I could be on the phone. Everything that I, you know, I'm embarrassed to say, but it was true. Um, it had to be really hard, right? And so here you have this opportunity to empower employees earlier on, map the experience, figure out like, how many products come in like this going, hey, you can approve that completely. And they feel good about themselves because they've solved something. The company hasn't spent all this money on it, and I'm not frustrated as a customer. That's a great example of that melding of employee and consumer experience that um, I think is a is a total winner. And I'll I'll, I'll pause there for a second because I've got sort of I think the best example that's out there, and I'll I'll get into it in a second though. But that's those are my two initial thoughts on that one. I mean, how frustrating is any customer service on the phone? So if you're going to be kind to me, if you're going to solve my problem for, with person number one, I'm going to be happy almost immediately. Or if you're not answering the phone, already angry at me. I feel like <laughs> these poor people, too, they're sitting in a cubicle somewhere in the middle of Arizona or wherever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, so it's just, oof, I feel you on the blood pressure. And it's like, I'm not proud of myself right now. And these people have yeah. my name and I'm acting this way. <laughs> Um, like I gotta believe it's like a there's a little bit of penny wise, um, you know, pound foolish sort of thing uh, that happening there in terms of the the little thing. The probably the best example of though, and I, they don't call it an employee ambassador program, but um, it's it's one of the most powerful. And again, kind of personal. So Trader Joe's. What do we know about Trader Joe's? Sixteen point five billion dollar company, right? So they're big, right? They're five hundred and thirty stores, I believe, founded in nineteen fifty eight. Uh, the, this guy, Joe, was the founder of it. Apparently, the culture initially was called a, a tiki type of culture, which I get. You know, they've got the captain and the mates and uh, and the crew that are out there. My son works there. My son works there, and I have had a chance. He's a, you know, it's in high school, right? He's a part-time employee. And I've had a chance to see what a great employee experience does to the customer experience through his eyes, right? Through his part-time eyes where he worked two days. Now he just works one day. He works on Sundays. That's it. He works on Sundays. He gets paid time and a half for his work on Sundays. Great, you know, and which is good. You know, we, we all know that there needs to be a catch-up, especially in retail, of how we pay people and the rethinking of part-time versus full-time and what that does in terms of uh, getting back to retention. But, you know, he gets paid time and a half the uh, the number of employees I see in Trader Joe's is amazing. They all know the story of Trader Joe's and the culture around it. They have this, you know, somewhat uh, cheeky type of system, like a new customer, the bell rings and everyone cheers. But what you have here are these incredibly dedicated employees in everything that they do. And that's the 17-year-old. That's the 59-year-old. Yeah, we were in there. And they were celebrating the life of an employee who had recently passed away, unfortunately. He'd worked there for like 25 years, right? And they were all wearing purple. All the employees were wearing purple. But then the customers came in who had fallen in love with the same guy and the captain, sort of the manager of the store, had, had said, hey, on Sunday, we're going to celebrate, let's say, Richard's life. And please show up in purple. The employees are in purple. Customer after customer is showing up in purple. And you've got this celebration of this employee's life, you know, who a lot of the customers didn't know who it was, but wanted to know about it. It was the largest grossing day that Trader Joe's in that particular store has ever had. I talked to the captain at the end of the day, largest grossing day they've ever had. And it was a byproduct of it. And, you know, and, the, and that's just, you back up and say, what's Trader Joe's doing around employee experience? 
they've got it figured out and nailed. And it's this combination of professionalism and understanding. You know, my 17 year old cannot, he can, he has a um, utility knife, but it has no blade in it, right? Because there's, there's rules around that. It's just, it can just, it's good for like, I don't know, I don't know what it's good for. If anything, it's like a dull butter knife, but um, he's, it's got that, that formality, but also that flexibility. And, you know, you take a look at the data around sales per square foot, Trader Joe's last I read, and I don't know how current this is, they were doing like 2X what Whole Foods is doing. That's driven by those employees who are out there, who are helping people to find what they're looking for, to celebrate themselves and create this lasting impression on customers, on consumers who want to come back and celebrate someone who's been there for 25 years, who passed away. And oh, by the way, I'm going to buy some things while I'm there. I mean, it is, that's a great example of how to truly create an employee ambassador type of program that impacts the customer customer experience. I mean, I, I am shook. Like I'm, I'm emotional just thinking about it because I'm just my whole life. I'm driven on community and, and local. And I want to say just both stories, the common thread is local to where it is. So the, um, the ambassadors that are up on the walls at Lululemon are from there. You might see them walking through the store. The, 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 the faces of the people at that very location of that Trader Joe's and that captain and those mates, those are the people that touched people's lives. And I know I know my people at my Trader Joe's. I'm like, that's my Trader Joe's. People have ownership. Empl employees have ownership, in turn, making the customers have ownership. Like the, he was he was at my store. And it's so special. And wow, that that's just beautiful. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, um, that's good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So don't have much left, my friend. Let's go to this one. And we've kind of touched on this already. What does this new model mean for the end consumer and how does it impact their experience? I mean, we, we kind of just went over that just now um, because, you know, it is a circle, like all of it. It's like uh, employee happy, customer happy, employee happy, you know? Um, so what would you say about what it means for the end consumer and how does it impact their experience? Well, you know, I think the, the ideal impact, right, is that if done well, you know, you have a more, you know, it's the simplest answer is so that you've got a motivated, um, engaged employee who wants to serve their consumer better and the consumer gets a better experience, whatever that looks like. You know, and I think one of the challenges is like this isn't universally applicable, right? It's easier to talk about this in a retail, quick service restaurant type of environment than it is necessarily uh, a CPG company who may be a little bit disconnected from their consumers, but they still have got the opportunity to do it, right? So I think what it means to the consumer, ideally, companies that figured it out, is that you're going to have a more engaged employee that is going to help you either, again, go from that model I talked about, going from a looker to a buyer, or go from a buyer to, you know, a larger share of wallet, you know, uh, uh, basically an ambassador, right? You're getting back to your customer ambassador backed for the, for the product, you know, and the experience ideally gets to personalization, right? You know, and we could do a whole nother uh, story on personalization. You know, I'm, I personally don't like hyper-personalization because I don't think we've figured out personalization yet, let alone hyper-personalization, but it, this is, get the employee experience right, and they have permission to be more personable and create a more personalized experience, either with the data they have or just asking, you know, the questions or engaging with what's going on in ways they haven't done before, right?
it. So you get a much more personalized experience, which is really what we're looking for. I think that's, you know, companies are looking to try and do that. So the power of it's pretty, um, pretty significant, right? If it's done well, and if, it, if it's done right. And you, you mentioned about the full circle. Companies are constantly playing what I call whack-a-mole about, you know, hey, I've got to drive revenue, I've got to drive profit, I've got an attrition problem, you know, I have uh, competitive threats, all these different components that change, and some of them are inherent in the company itself, some of them are existential, right? You know, I've got a pandemic, I've got to deal with, supply chain issue, I've got to deal with, I have um, yeah, political challenge, whatever it happens to be, those, those are definitely there. But by and large, focusing on the employee experience, you know, I, I, I that definitely opened my eyes. It is, it has the potential to be significantly game changing. You know, and we talk about automation as a trend, and you know, do we have the uh, population growth? Do we have as the same number of um, of employees to actually do things as as we need to in the future? Maybe, maybe not. But you know, if we can figure out a way to get the all these employees more engaged, I think our consumers are more are happier about it. We feel better about it as a society because let's face it, we we want to interact better with each other, ideally, you know, because it does make the world more harmonious. We're social creatures by nature for the most part. And um, that interaction between the employee and the consumer, it pays dividends at the customer level, at the company level, but I think more important at the societal level. Deep thoughts right there. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts with John McVeigh. And also like even like as a consumer, I want to know, I want to know your practices. Like, you know, you go into Whole Foods and it's stamped on it, like fair trade or, you know, fair wage, you know, it's like, oh, we pay our employees fair wages. Uh, we, you know, we don't destroy their city while we're doing, <laughs> while we're harvesting our crop of whatever it is, you know? So there's so many things that, especially now, and especially with my generation and younger, we really, 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 really want to know your business practices and we want to know who you've donated money to. We want to know, do you have uh, a diversity and an inclusion uh, team that are have a, you know, are hiring different types of people, you know? So it, it's just huge. It's huge. And like you said, the more people can get on it and, and treat their employees fair, the more genius it will be in that uh, with the consumer in the end. So many good things, John. So many good things. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts for our amazing audience today? I do. Maybe just a couple of um, a checklist, a, a guidance, some thoughts about how to think about employee experience. Yeah, I think first things first, go listen to your employees. Make sure you understand what they really care about, right? And it's not just how much you're paying them, right? It's It's about their managers. It's about their work environment. It's about what you're doing for the environment, but understand that. Second thing, treat your employee journey in the same way that you might treat in the same rigor that you might use for your customer journeys, right? Just understanding that, like uh, understand what makes them tick, figure out the moments that matter for your employee journeys. That's so, so important. Third thing that we didn't talk about explicitly, but I think it's really important, especially in an era where, you know, no one stays in their job for 35 years and gets the gold watch anymore, right? There's a fair amount of, um, uh, fluidity and in the um, liquidity, if you will, in the workforce, right? That first impressions last. You got to get onboarding right. I, I, there's so much studies that say that's so critical to that. And juxtaposed to that is enabling professional development, right? So that idea of continuous learning I mentioned about quick serve restaurants, whatever, but make sure that you've got a program in place for your employees so they can continually learn. 
And then lastly, and you know, as critically as everything else is the proper technology and the underlying support is essential, right? We are in an era where the technology works or technology doesn't work. And you as an employee get just as frustrated as you as a, as a consumer, if your last transaction was not as clean as this you know, wonderful experience I just had ordering something or whatever, right? So that's, if I could leave five things away, it's understand your customers, map what they do, make sure you get the first impression right, continue to have them learn and help them learn. And lastly, the underlying technology is critical. So good. Uh, we have been talking with John McVeigh, head of digital experience solutions for the Americas at Cognizant. Thank you so much, John, for your time today. And I'm sure our audience got a ton out of everything you had to say. It is a pleasure to be with you <laughs> and your energy and uh, insights. It's fantastic. So uh, thank you for, uh, for hosting this call. So to learn more about this amazing conversation that Jen and I just had, and more specifically about employee experience and how employee experience ties to customer experience, why don't you go on over to cognizant.com and take a look at our digital experience section to get a maybe a deeper understanding about what we just talked about today. Thank you for listening to the Cognizant Podcast, digital trends for busy executives on the go. 